Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Redeemed Through His Blood. In this podcast, we discuss hope, healing, and redemption through the atonement of Jesus Christ. My name's Scott Durfee, and I want to be the first to welcome you out today. And as always, it's my honor to welcome my partner in this project, our amazing teacher and friend, Brother David Durfee. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, Grateful for the blessing it is to review these important points of doctrine and to celebrate the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's good to be here. And as always, you know, I, I've really cherished and loved the opportunity to be with uh, Dave, with you, Dave, as we've gone through these things. I just don't know that I know of anybody, and I would uh, be. I think we'd be hard pressed to find anybody that uh, could help us have a uh, more clear understanding of this such important doctrine, uh, not just in the church, but just this doctrine, period. And I'm grateful for that. It's good to have you with us, Dave. Uh, gang, we want to thank you all for your emails. Uh, remember, he, our email address is us at gmail.com. That is us at gmail.com. We, again, thank you so much for your emails, your comments, your questions, We appreciate them very much and encourage you to just keep sending those to us. And uh, when it's appropriate and where we can, we'll do what we can to include those questions for our listeners and for everybody's benefit. So last week we talked about uh, the, uh, began to talk about the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We got into uh, the unconditional. We spent most of our time talking about the unconditional the, the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I think we'll have some more to say about that today. I also think that today we'll be moving into somewhat uh, around the conditional effects of, uh, of the atonement of Jesus Christ. So as we do that, you'll remember last week we talked about, uh, Dave had shared with us a great story about a, a inmate at the Utah State Prison that had been adopted, so to speak, by his family and had felt the and the the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, had many experiences. He also shared with us a story of his son, my cousin, uh, Isaac, who has uh, had similar challenges in his life and how those things are covered through the atonement of Jesus Christ because of the unconditional component of it. So as we start moving now into more of the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We're going to be looking at, again, the unconditional and the conditional parts of it. We're going to talk about, again, more uh, who's covered by it. We're going to probably get into the three powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ and and how they affect and their their role in our learning and our experiencing it. So with that, let's uh, get things rolling. Dave, where do you want to start today? Well, I think near the near the end of last uh, episode, I had read this this quote, which I want to read again. All that is unfair about life can be, and I believe in some uh, situations unconditionally will be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's from Preach My Gospel, page fifty-two, and we've. We've said this earlier in our podcast about the fall, Scott, that all the negatives of the fall, which we did not choose, are unconditionally covered by the infinite and intimate 
atonement of Jesus Christ. Think about that. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're born. It doesn't matter what your faith, your religion is. It doesn't matter anything, any negative that has been forced upon you or that came about as a result of of uh, genetics or imbalance or all of the all the negatives of the fall that we didn't choose and i believe that the um outcomes of those negatives even maybe the behavioral outcomes of those negatives that we didn't choose all of that is covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ. We'll talk about more about that. Elder Renland recently, just a few years ago, said, remember joyfully and reverently that the Savior loves to restore what you cannot restore. He loves to heal wounds you cannot heal. He loves to fix what has been irreparably broken, irreparably broken. Isn't that an amazing statement? He loves to fix what has been irreparably broken. He compensates, this is Elder Renland, he compensates for any unfairness inflicted upon you, and he loves to permanently mend even shattered, broken hearts. I, I just think that's an amazing promise and a testimony of the power of Christ. Yeah, I do too. There's a couple things that kind of jump out at me, if I might, uh, from Elder Rendlin's quote there. You know, irreparable. I, I don't think ir- that word irreparable is in the vocabulary of our Savior. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is repairable by him. Everything. Yeah. So irreparable, he has no context there, right? And then and, and the other one is permanently fixed. Permanently. 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 I, I, I <laughs> permanently mend. Permanently mend. That's the phrase. Permanently mend. My goodness. I would like to have something permanently mended that uh, is flawed. We just don't have, you know, because of the fall, we just don't. When I think of permanently mended, right now I've got some problems with the thumb, right? It's just, and that's because of the fall. I want it permanently mended. Well, today it's not going to be permanently mended, and I'm probably going to have to deal with this situation for much or most of my life, but that's not permanent. Right? Yeah, and worse is worse than the physical is the emotional, much worse, mental, spiritual flaws and inadequacies that we, that we yeah. that we struggle with. Yeah. So I, I just the the depth and breadth and oh the comprehension of the atonement of Jesus Christ, God. If we could just begin to get a glimpse of of. Uh, what is covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ, and who's covered by by Christ in all the world, it, it would just... There's so many people who are upset, anxious about the... I understand. I, I, I'm, I am too. I think all of us, uh, being mortal, uh, can't live in this world with, without having the, the, all the negatives of the world affect us. But it makes uh, such a difference with me to understand just a little bit, a glimpse, 
of what the atonement of Christ covers. And that gives me so much uh, hope. It gives me so, it's so much easier for me to forgive, to extend mercy and grace. Um, here's, here's a quote by Elder um, Cook. Elder Quentin L. Cook, Jesus Christ is our Savior and Redeemer, whose atonement not only provides for salvation and exaltation, but also will compensate for all the unfairness of life. That's that's an amazing statement, Scott. Yeah, that is. And so when our kids come to us and say, Dad, life's not fair, we can say, yeah, life's not fair. But life has been compensated for. Those unfairnesses have been compensated for through the atonement of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, and I, I just really rejoice in that. And I, I think uh, thinking about it, I think I think I think about it every day, and it really, uh, really affects my life every day. I had I had another experience. Uh, several years ago on an Indian reservation, a Crow Indian reservation, up in Hardin, Montana, just south of Billings. And I had been invited to be there because I was the area director of seminaries and institutes in the, in the uh, central area and North America central area. And um, I had been invited to come with several other priesthood leaders to talk about how we can increase our in, um, outreach to these Native American members of the church. And I, I don't think people really understand how many um, Native American reservations there are in this country. If you live in the Midwest, oh man, they're, they're in every state in the Midwest, multiple. There's so many tribal nations and so many different reservations and and I I learned that and I I loved going to visit some members of the church in on those reservations and there's there's actually lots of members of the church that live there the the activity rate is quite low uh, people might remember back in the uh, 60s and 70s there were lots of baptisms that were performed on chapels that were built and anyway i experienced that living in the midwest for 13 years and um so we were invited to go to hardin montana crow reservation actually we were only a few miles from where custer met his demise in in montana and i actually met the family that uh, owns that property even though the the, Nash, the government leases it from them and there's a national monument there I was able to go on the property and kind of get an own personal tour from the family that owns that property. But Elder Hugh Pinnock was the president of the 70 who was presiding at this meeting and at the time was the president of the North America Central Area. And uh, in this uh, meeting with about 40 priesthood leaders, Elder Pinnock said, said something like this. He said, I, I believe what Alma says, that there are different degrees of sin. And I believe, as Alma says, that the worst sin is 
to deny the Holy Ghost, unpardonable, unforgivable. And I believe the second worst sin is murder. Then he paused and he said, but I see it a little bit differently. I don't necessarily completely agree with Alma that the third worst sin is adultery. He said, I think there's a sin worse than adultery. It's the sin of giving up on people. And he said, the minute you give up on someone, you, the minute you write them off, you are committing a form of murder. And he said to us, some of you have written off these people. Some of you have given up because of their inactivity. And, and he really chastised all of us in the room. He really let us have it that we shouldn't write off anybody. And um, he said to us, if you had to walk in their moccasins, some of you would not do as well as they've done. And then he said he wanted to read a scripture to us, and he turned to this scripture in Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verse 15, Scott, which has been just life-changing for me. So this is Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verse 15. Elder Pinnock read. And again, to some it is given by the Holy Ghost to know the differences of administration, as it will be pleasing unto the same Lord, according as the Lord will. Then this is the part he emphasized. Suiting his mercies according to the conditions of the children of men. Then he gave us this interpretation of the, of the verse, the application of the verse. He said, some of you have given up on these people. And he said, the Lord suits his mercies, or suits us, tailor covers us, right? Tailor makes the mercies and grace of the atonement of Jesus Christ according to our conditions. And he reminds us, if you were born in these, Elder Pinnock reminded us, if you were born in their conditions, some of you wouldn't do as well as they've done. Well, I was, wow, I was just having amazing experience sitting there listening to this, and my mind was just enlightened and enlarged, and, and uh, we were eating lunch, and I was sitting across the table from Elder Pinnock, and I said, Elder Pinnock, I'm, I'm so grateful for what you shared with us this morning, that the Lord suits his mercies according to the conditions of the children of men. But how do, I, how do I reconcile that verse with Corinthians 10.13? So I sat across the table from Elder Hugh Pinnock at lunch, and I, I said to him, Elder Pinnock, I loved what you taught us today in uh, Doctrine and Covenants 46.15, that the Lord suits his mercies according to the conditions but I said, how do I reconcile that in my mind with 1 Corinthians 10.13, which teaches us that there hath no temptation 
taken us, but such as is common to man. But with the temptation that we experience, the Lord will make an escape that we may be able to bear it. So I, how do I reconcile those two things? And he, he looked at me, and could, he could tell I wasn't really getting it, and he was, you know, he was being kind, but he, he said to me, kind of in this tone, Brother Durfee, there's a difference between conditions and temptations. Wow. As soon as he said that, Scott, it was like a thousand lights went on in my mind that there's a difference between temptations and conditions, and that all of the negative conditions of life that we experience are unconditionally covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ. And that includes, can, can include, where you're born and who you're born to and what you're born with or without. And I just, I went, I, it just went through my mind, wow, the mercy, yeah. the mercy of, of, of God, the love of God it was it just really affected me and i just i don't look at life the same now knowing that all of of the conditions of life that are are in any way negative that the lord suits his mercies to cover those so i i have an experience with this scripture and uh, you may remember it dave I I uh, I don't remember the year, but you were living in Minnesota, and I was struggling with something pretty bad, badly with something. That's what I mean to say. It was just difficult for me, and that thing had to do with my kids, and it had to do with I had not lived my life or made a lot of great choices in my life while they were young and impressionable that would definitely affect them, and it has. It's definitely affected them. And when I was coming back to myself, when I was coming back to the fold, so to speak, and, and embracing all of the things that I knew to be true and was, even though the conditions of my past, you know, were, they, were now being, they were now being satisfied through the atonement of Jesus Christ. But there was this one thing that was just eating me. I couldn't sleep. Sometimes it was difficult for me to eat. I couldn't stay focused on my work. And what this thing was, was, man, I really have not given my kids a very good chance in this life. I have not been able to put them, or been able is absolutely the inaccurate way to say it, but I did not make the choices I needed to make to put them on the path that would lead them to the, to the, the eternal peace and happiness that I had hoped for. One might be listening to this and thinking, well, way to go, Scott. You know, great example. And, you know, touche. That's exactly right. Great example. That was me making that mistake. That was me messing up, for which I've paid and will continue. But... The compensatory part of the atonement of Jesus Christ, and you, when I, I called you, because when I get in a spot where I need advice, I, there are certain people that I can call that I know are going to have, um, well, there's just certain people that I can call and trust, and you've definitely been one of those for me, David. And one day, I remember where I was standing. I was at the mall, 
in Sandy, Utah, at the Southtown Mall in the parking lot. I was working. I was making calls between appointments, and some of my customers were there. This was eating me up so badly, I just, I prayed, and for whatever reason, I had the thought, call David. So I called you, and you answered, and I explained to you what was going on. And we've had more than one conversation about this. You've helped me a great mm -hmm. deal with this. But you gave me that scripture, DNC mm -hmm. 4615. And I think it was shortly after that you had had the time that you had had this experience. And what a difference it made to me, too, to have that understanding through your experience that, you know what, the conditions under which we are all subjected, and we are all subjected to certain conditions. We just are. Right. And when we're subjected to those conditions, if they take us away from living our most perfect life, and many of them will, most of them sometimes do, to have this promise, to have this comfort. Right. Uh, what a gift. Mm. Well, that's... That's great application, Scott. None of us are perfect parents. No. Thanks for reminding me of that experience. I, I, I can't remember that, but I'm grateful that uh, that I was able to uh, be involved in that experience with you because it, it's affected me so much. And as a priesthood leader, it's I know it's blessed so many other uh, individuals and families. To, to think about this application, that because none of us are perfect parents, that uh, our children sometimes uh, uh, act out because of our stupidity, our ignorance, our lack of this or our lack of that. And they didn't choose that. Now, I, again, I know, I know that the atonement allows us to act and not to be acted upon, but the reality is, is that because of certain conditions... Uh, that we're born into, it really, it really does act upon us, and it really does affect us in negative in negative ways. And as an imperfect parent, I am so thankful to know that in my failure, that the atonement of Jesus Christ can make up the difference. In my lack of doing things that I should have done, where others maybe could or should or would have been blessed that that I didn't do, that the atonement of Jesus Christ can compensate and make up the difference, that mercy is always extended according to the conditions of the children of men. And I think it's important that we point out, too, that, you know, we can't look at this. None of us can look at this scripture and say, well, because of my conditions, I don't need to try. That's not the point. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Amen. In fact, it's quite the opposite because, you know, as we look at this and we realize the great mercy and love, and, you know, over the last... 12 or 10 or however many podcasts that we've uh, been able to publish at this point. So during that period of time, we have established a relationship and knowing him that enables us to feel his love through the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. And as we feel his love through the Holy Spirit, it changes our behaviors, as we've talked about multiple times. As those behaviors change, I mean, there's a balancing that comes into play here, a reconciliation of, of sorts of our own that comes into play here. One is, is yes, we understand God great, God's great mercy towards us, and it's indescribable. In fact, it's unfathomable to some of us, the mercy, the amount of mercy that he's extended to us through this because it just, and going back to that scripture, DNC 4615, because of the conditions that, that we're subjected to, born into, whatever the case may be. But 
we all, as we live that life, as we have the Spirit in our life, as we try harder to to have Him there, then then inevitably we do have a desire to be closer to Him and to keep His commandments. We're still going to fall, and that's where the reconciliation comes in. That's where it's... At sometimes we need to be hard on ourselves. At sometimes we need to cut ourselves a little bit of slack. But we need to do whichever it is only as directed by the Spirit. If I'm too hard on myself and I'm not directed by the Spirit to be hard on myself, then that's not me participating in the atonement. If I and 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 you know, conversely, the opposite is also true. Well, remember, we're talking about the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ here. And here in a in a few minutes, short time, probably on this podcast, we want to shift that and talk about the conditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, which will require our efforts, our best efforts to exercise faith unto repentance, will require our efforts to receive the Holy Ghost and to be led by the Spirit. Those are all those are all the conditional aspects and blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ. But we're we're still on the unconditional, and uh, it's just universal. It doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't matter if you repent or you don't repent. It doesn't matter whether you have the gospel or you don't, or the opportunities or you don't. Uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ affects every person that has been born into this world and covers all of the negative conditions that people suffer in this world and makes it so that they can receive mercy out of all of those negatives that they experience. I I know that we speak in the church so often of the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ, which requires, that's conditional, mm-hmm. that requires faith unto repentance. That requires effort on our part to receive the blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. Um, I know we speak about the enabling powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ, uh, which have been well described by the brethren, which is the, the, the grace or the strengthening part of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And, and yet, to, kind of today, and really last time as well, we're spending a lot of time talking about the unconditional powers, the compensatory powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And here's another, here's one of my favorite quotes from Elder Christofferson on this idea. The atonement satisfies the debt justice owes to us by healing and compensating us for any suffering we innocently endure. Jesus Christ's atonement pays for any debt that is the result of anything that we suffer innocently. So I I just think that we underestimate the mercy and grace that's available not only to us, not only to our parents, our children, our families, but to our neighbors, to those who have hurt us or offended us, to the world, both good and evil, uh, righteous or wicked, the, the atonement of Jesus Christ, Scott, is just so comprehensive and universal. And 
uh, last podcast we we talked about uh, gratitude being the beginning of desire. Well, when I think about the the blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ and all who are covered by it, and all of the answers it gives us to some of the really hard questions and facts of life, when I think about Jesus suffering for everyone in the world based on their conditions, uh, that he covers all of those who have ignorantly sinned, as taught by King Benjamin in Mosiah chapter 3, or as taught by Jacob in 2 Nephi chapter 9, who died without the law. When I think about all of the individuals, billions and billions, who have been blessed by the atonement of Jesus Christ, my gratitude increases and my desires uh, are increased and influenced by that. And it strengthens me in my faith and in my uh, desire and ability to, to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I, I guess that's kind of, I think, the importance and the application of understanding these things. Um, so maybe maybe it's time for us to move into some of the conditional aspects. Yeah, I think it is. So you, it, let's just uh, kind of recap real quickly. Last week we talked about unconditionally, remember we talked about those who died unaccountable. Uh, children, and how because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, they are unconditionally saved in the highest degree of glory. Uh, we talked about a, uh, a young man, a man who had been um, just horrifically abused beginning at uh, almost birth, uh, who David had an opportunity to spend a lot of time in getting to know and loving, who spent uh, time at the Utah State Penitentiary. We also talked about Isaac, uh, Dave's son, and uh, some of the uh, things that he's been subjected to through no choice of his own. And so, you know, this unconditional component, we, again, and I just want to reemphasize this, we think of it as being applicable sometimes only to those who have gone through those types of things. But I believe there might be something in each one of us that might have unconditional coverage and application through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And, and if you're struggling with that, if that's something in your life that you're trying to figure out going back and forth, you know, my suggestion would be stop the blame game and just enter into his rest by coming unto him. And again, where do we come unto him? We come unto him in the garden. We come unto him at the cross. We come unto him at the, at the garden tomb. Um, and, and as we do these things, our love increases, our confusion dampens, and we get a brighter recollection of who we are and whose we are, and that kind of peace and harmony in our life is unmatched by anything else. So even those of us who may or may not have lived a horrific life, there may be something unconditionally covered through the atonement of Jesus Christ in our lives. So as we move into the conditional parts, Dave, where do we... Well, one thought, uh, Scott, comes into my mind as you're describing that, which is so important. None of us should use the events or conditions or negatives in our life as an excuse yeah. to, to do anything wrong. And I, I, I know the reality of all that, but 
we should, as you put it, we shouldn't uh, be engaged in the blame game. I I saw something the other day uh, that really struck me in regards to this. We should strive to be an example, not to be the exception. You know, I I think that's really powerful that through the enabling through the redeeming powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can strive to be an example of gospel living, of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Striving to be an example is what we should focus on, not focused on, oh, I'm the exception. I, this Jesus covers me unconditionally. I know there's aspects of that that are true. Yeah. But to focus on being the exception or a victim or blaming is is uh, I think really dangerous can be can be really negative and and a major setback. I love the scriptures, the verses that talk about us being blameless. Be blameless. That's a number of times in the scriptures and when I when I read that, I think okay, that means not only that uh, he can't blame me, that means I shouldn't blame anybody else. Right. I think that's an important attribute as disciples of Jesus Christ, that we, we, we not blame others for our problems, that we strive to be an example, and, and through, the, through the Holy Ghost and the application of the atonement uh, of Christ that we we seek to be an example. So so often, many, most of us, uh, the reason we blame is, well, there's there's a myriad of reasons. But, but part of the reason we sometimes blame is that shifts the responsibility, right? But, but as we, and, and, I, and I understand that. I, I think we've probably, at some level, most of us have been that person to some degree at some point in our lives. But I think that, and this has been the case for me, as, as I have come to understand his love for me, the, the important components of the atonement of Jesus Christ, if I've come to understand that, I feel less victimized and more empowered. And I think that's what the atonement of Jesus Christ does for us, is it empowers us to overcome, right? To I o- love that. To overcome, we have empowered been empowered through the atonement of Jesus Christ to overcome even our victimizations. There are yes. no victims in God's world, David, and I I, 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 I I say that with some hesitancy, because I know, compared to what I've been through, yeah, some of you have been victimized, and I get that, but let's put it in perspective. In God's world, are there really any victims, or are we all participating in life that allows us to come more fully to him. Well, the truth is because of the fall, because of the choice of Adam and Eve and the fall of universal fall of mankind, we're all victims. Well, then I guess it's universal. One way or the we're other. We're all victims, right. Scott. But, but, but very but, few of us are that unique. But because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, this is your point, yep. because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, we don't have to see ourselves as victims. Ever again. The atonement of Jesus Christ overcame all of that. Yeah. And for those of us who have been been hurt or abused or bullied, yeah. you know, my, my, my son, Isaac, who's in prison, has been through such terrible bullying in his life, 
and and uh, and it's hurtful. I know it's hurtful, but the atonement of our Savior overcomes all of that. All of it, and that's what we should focus on. We need to focus on how on how He suffered for it, how He paid for it, how He paid for the outcomes of it, how He and and it, as we do that, and and our. Our gratitude grows, and our faith in the atonement of Jesus Christ uh, increases, and we receive the powers, the empowerment that you're talking about. As we receive that, we don't we don't need to be the exception, and we don't need to be the victim, and we don't need to go around blaming. I, blaming would certainly be evidence that we are not forgiving. You know, not only that we're not being accountable, yeah. but that we're not that we haven't yet forgiven. And I, we're, we'll we'll spend a whole podcast on this another day. But but I think the key to forgiving others who have hurt us in sometimes some really significant negative ways is to understand the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ unconditionally overcomes any hurt, any abuse, overcomes anything that we suffer at the hands of others, and that we can't judge our abuser, or we can't we can't judge the person who has hurt us, because maybe they are covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ as well. Understanding the, the atonement helps me not only to be forgiven, but it gives me the power and the understanding I need to forgive. And if we understand and truly believe, you know, some of the stuff that we've talked about, you know, we began part of our, uh, our discussions here many weeks ago when we started talking about the fall. And, you know, and we know that because of the fall, some of us are going to have conditions in our life that are going to be unfavorable. Regardless of to whom Unfair. we're born, to, regardless of to whom we're born, where we're born, under what circumstances, there are still going to be those conditions that are unfair. You know, if we look in in the Book of Mormon in Second Nephi chapter two verse two. Now, what we're we're learning here is um, Nephi's talking to his son Jacob, right? And so he's talking about all the afflictions and trials that Jacob's been through, and he says, "Nevertheless, Jacob, my firstborn in the wilderness." Thou knowest the greatness of God, and he shall consecrate thine afflictions for gain. For yeah, thy gain. You know, and, and that's done only, only through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So the atonement of Jesus Christ not only helps us to understand that because of the conditions I'm born in, I'm going to be okay, but also, but also, but because that because of those conditions, they can be consecrated for my gain. Yeah. And that's an interesting passage that that's in Second Nephi chapter two. And Lehi's telling Jacob, "My firstborn in the wilderness. I'm sorry that your older brothers abused you. I'm sorry that they yeah. bullied you. I'm sorry of the." And then he and then he tells him, "But quit feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, stop feeling sorry for yourself. All thine afflictions shall be consecrated for thy gain. Yeah, because of the atonement of Jesus Christ." That that is amazing, Scott. Quit quit feeling sorry for yourself. I, you know, the, I don't know if there's a tougher time in the history of the church than the 
the saints in Jackson County, talking about being victimized and being abused and the unfairness of of life is, oh, the accounts of the the hardship of the saints in Jackson County, Missouri in 1831, 32, when they were, uh, the families, all the families who had gone there to help establish Zion, and then to be uh, run out of the county, and oh, it's, the accounts of that are so, so touching and so hard for me to, to read. Uh, but the Lord speaks to them, through the prophet Joseph Smith, and he says to them, this is in Doctrine and Covenants, section 98. Verse 3. Well, and I, I even love verse verse 1. Okay. It's so interesting, verse 1. Here's, they've been through all this stuff, Scott. And why don't you read verse 1? All right. There. You got it. It says, Verily I say unto you, my friends, fear not. Let your hearts be comforted, yea, rejoice evermore, in everything, give thanks. Thanks for what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> thanks for what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've lost, my home's been burnt down. Yeah. My children have been abused. My wife abused. Uh, man tarred and feathered. Uh, man, Edward Partridge and Charles Allen. And, and uh, the, oh, the, the terrible things that happened in Jackson County. And then he tells them what? He, first he calls them friends, then he tells them to fear not, be comforted, and in everything give thanks. And rejoice evermore. <laughs> and rejoice evermore. <laughs> I, I, the, only, the only way I can explain that is, okay, I'd have to be given thanks for the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's it. I, I would just have to really yeah. be grateful for a Savior and Redeemer and to know that all of these things will be consecrated for my gain I'd have to really hold on to that. Well, he tells them to wait patiently on the Lord in verse 2, and then why don't you read verse 3. All right, so this is uh, section 98, verse 3. Therefore, he giveth his promise unto you with an immutable covenant that they shall be fulfilled. And all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good, and to my name's glory, saith the Lord. An immutable covenant, immutable means unchangeable, yeah. forever and ever. It's, it, it can't be changed. Nothing, nothing is going to change. Nothing can silence it. Nothing can make it go it's, away. It's an unconditional yeah. covenant, really, that all of the things whereby they've been afflicted, wherewith they've been afflicted, will work together for your good and to my name's glory. Wow. The, the only way that's possible is by understanding and receiving, you know, the blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ uh, through our faith. And uh, that's, I think I used that verse, I, I think I read that verse more in my office as a bishop, trying to help people who were hurting and suffering uh, more than any other. I, I think this passage Doctrine and Covenants 98, verses 1 through 3, I read more than any other to individuals in my ward who were struggling. And I'm really grateful that, um, that we have these scriptures of the Restoration, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, that gives us a, a deeper understanding of the uh, powers and blessings 
gifts of the atonement of Jesus Christ. You know, you know Scott, uh, Robert J. Matthews, who wrote the Bible Dictionary, used to always say, the Bible tells us what Jesus did. And the Bible describes largely the events of the atonement of Jesus Christ. But the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, tell us why he did it and the blessings that came out of it, the powers and blessings that came out of it. And, uh, and I'm just really thankful that, that we have this um, more complete understanding of the, the mercy and grace of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Uh, so many believe in, a, in the Christian world, believe in a, quote, limited atonement, and yet we have this amazing phrase that's uh, several times in the Book of Mormon, in Second Nephi and in Alma 34, we have an infinite atonement. It covers all people, it covers all negatives, it covers all worlds, it covers, you know, back to the kafar, the Hebrew, the atonement covers us. Yeah. Talk about that for just a second. I think we talked about that in our last podcast, but uh, kafar, why don't you just... Just th this idea of, when I think of it, of the atonement and... I guess I use the word covering, the, how it covers us often. And I think of the Hebrew kafar, meaning to cover us. It not only covers up for any negatives in our life, but it literally, like angels' wings or like a warm blanket on a cold night, it, it warms us, and it covers us, it heals us. It protects us, too. And protects us. Uh, from all the conditions and negative elements of our life. Uh, that's, that's the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. How grateful should we all be that we're covered? We are covered, unconditionally covered, from all of the negatives of the, of the fall and of a mortal celestial world. If we did nothing else this week but contemplate that mm. and, and set our intentional meditation and prayer mm. and, and communion with our Heavenly Father just on that, how would our lives be enriched? How would that change your yeah. level of gratitude and your level of desire? How would that change your terrible, rotten, no good day? How would, how would that change your relationship with not only Jesus, but your relationship with... Uh, your family, your your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, others who may be struggling, how would that change your how you see them? How would that change how you see the world? It it can it completely changes your perspective, Scott. And yep. there's there's so many people who are struggling right now because of how they see the world and the all of the negatives of the world. And it it can it can be so discouraging and depressing. But if we would, as you invite us to do, if we would just focus on that this week, the atonement of Jesus Christ and who's covered, wow. We might have a better week. I got this text uh, late last night. Well, I got this text. It was actually late, later yesterday afternoon from a young, just a beautiful man, just a young, beautiful man who is, um, he's had his struggles like we all do, nothing 
over the top or extraordinary by any means. And, and he, he, he faces these uh, kind of dilemmas himself. He says, Scott, I feel a great desire to change and come closer to God, but I'm so overwhelmed by what's happening in the world, and it may be too late for me to change. Eh, there's not much time left for me, but I know repentance is a process and cannot be forced or sped up. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I to, so to your point, Dave, we do believe that there. Yeah. This is an over. All you got to do is turn on the news, right? Right. Turn on the financial news. I'm privy to that <laughs> somewhat. You know, we we Go. turn on the regular news. <laughs> you know, we all you have to do is just take a look at our world around us, and we can find find we can find reasons to fear. Again, yeah. Go to the gas station. Exactly. Take out a loan first. <laughs> But these are the things that uh, these are the things in our lives that the atonement is there for. I mean, we think of the atonement, and so often we think about, okay, I'm going to the bishop's office, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put into action the atonement because I'm going to the bishop's office and I'm going to repent. Well, that's part of it, sure, but it's such a small part of it. Well, you know, and, yeah, we'll get into repentance and how it's yep. uh, sometimes uh, the myths of repentance and how it's sometimes. Uh, uh, seen to be through the church instead of through the Lord. Right, but right. Li- listen to this quote by Elder Anderson, speaking of uh, the world and the challenges of the world and the promise that uh, Elder Anderson gives us, which is possible through the atonement of Jesus Christ. I, this is one of my favorite quotes, and um, he gave it at a BYU devotional, but it's in his book, The Divine Gift of Forgiveness, on page 43. He, he, he writes, as evil increases in the world, there is a compensatory spiritual power as the world slides from its spiritual moorings. The Lord prepares the way for those who seek him, offering them greater assurance, greater confirmation, and greater confidence in the spiritual direction they are traveling. I love this last sentence. The gift of the Holy Ghost becomes a brighter light in the emerging twilight of the world. So what a great promise. Only only possible because of our Savior and Redeemer. As evil increases in the world, because of God's love for us and for the world, and because of his Son, our Savior and Redeemer, as evil increases in the world, there is a compensatory spiritual power that is also in the world. For the righteous, for sure. For those who seek it. And for those who seek it. And for some, for some who ignorantly sin and who, who don't have the law as well. Right. Well, my gosh, you know, we uh, time just flies when we start talking about these important things, uh, especially because we have so so much great love and uh, just our lives are just so enriched and so much better because we have an understanding of that which is so real in them. Well, I, maybe I'll just uh, end with one of my favorite quotes from Elder Holland on this topic which I'll never forget this. Uh, I think it was a young adult uh, worldwide telecast fireside several years ago, 2008. And uh, it was from Liberty Jail. Oh, yeah. 
It was about Liberty Jail. Yep. And uh, he reviewed the hardship that the prophet and others who were with him went through in that cold winter, Missouri winter, in Liberty, Missouri, in, in, a, in a jail. And in writing about this and in talking about the blessings of a Savior and Redeemer, Elder Holland wrote, It ought to be a matter of great doctrinal consolation to us that Jesus, in the course of the atonement, experienced all of the heartache and sorrow, all of the disappointments and injustices that the entire family of man had experienced, not just members of the church, Scott, but all the entire family of man had experienced and would experience from Adam and Eve to the end of the world in order that we would not have to face them so severely or so deeply. However heavy our load might be, it would be a lot heavier if the Savior had not gone that way before us and carried that burden with us and for us, end quote. So I take great uh, uh, consolation and find great joy in uh, what we understand to be the, the compensatory powers and blessings the enabling strength and powers and the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ that can flow into our life if we will uh, seek to come to know him, to follow him, to learn of him. And uh, the difference that can make in my life as a son, as a brother, as a dad, as a granddad, as a neighbor, as a friend, how it can be life-changing if we could just understand it and, f- and focus on it um, more often. I love that he loved us first. I love that he has uh, provided for us a way to get through those things which are so besetting sometimes. Um, as we've talked about the atonement, uh, the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ over the last couple of podcasts, we've talked about unconditional and conditional components to it. We've talked about and really tried to emphasize, and I hope that uh, this has been something, a takeaway for each of us, is that there's really basically three powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ that we've talked about today. The redemptive power, the enabling power, and the compensating power um, that makes up for everything that's not our fault. As we've talked about these things today, surely, hopefully, the Spirit has helped resonate something within you. And oftentimes, and it's always my invitation, I'm a guy of action, and I just hope that as we are feeling prompted to do, that we will act on those promptings. And whether that prompting be to just develop deeper gratitude, whether that prompting to be to commune with Him more, or whatever the case may be, Please listen to the Spirit. Take guidance from He who loves us perfectly. Uh, He died for us. He paid. He redeemed. He enables. He compensates. And for us to know that should add 
direction and healing and hope and harmony and even in sometimes our struggles, even peace in our lives. And I, I'm just so grateful that we have this and that it's been, the, the gospel's been restored. I'm grateful that we have the knowledge that we have. And Dave, again, I'm, we're grateful for you and for your teaching us and helping us to get a better grasp on these things. Thank you so much. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, it's been great to be with you once again. There's probably been a couple of things that you have thought to do. May God enable you to do that. May you find the courage and the strength and the wherewithal to make a difference in your own life, for surely He has too. We love you. We know God loves you. We look forward to being with you again next week. And until then, God bless you and take care.